Once upon a time, there was a young woman named Elise who wanted to see the entire world and all the stories within it. One day, she met a white rabbit who asked her to come along for a journey of discovery. Welcome to Elise in Wonderland. Everyone, this is、um, Elise in Wonderland. My name is Jin, and I'm Elise. And we are the host of Elise in Wonderland. It is a show for those curious about the world, culture, and new new perspectives. And then we have very special guest here today. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Elise from Yukon. Yeah, I was in White Horse、mm-hmm. in the Yukon. Perfect.、Um, so we're doing <laughs> we're we're a little awkward because we're trying to flip our roles right now. <laughs> Jin is going to be the host and is going to、yeah. be interviewing me today, and I'm going to try not to interrupt all the time. <laughs> well, I think that was the that was the original perspectives because I'm the rabbit to introduce you to、mm-hmm. uh, Wonderland, but. Like、she was talkative. To our roots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get my chance, but today I'm getting back. I'm but, happy to yeah, be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone. Good morning. This is nine o seven, February twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. The last day of Olympics in Korea. <laughs> Have you been following closely? Kind of, kind of.、Yeah. And I hope everyone enjoyed that too. Yeah, yeah. We've been playing, you know, in the language and culture center here. We've been having it on the TV、mm-hmm. and having people watch all the different、uh, cheering for their home teams,、mm-hmm. and it's been a really nice atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So a、uh, long time no see, everyone. It was for two weeks after we did the last show. I know. Feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we are back here, and we try not to skip our show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, how was your two weeks, Elise? Well, it's been a w- bit of a whirlwind.、Um, the last two weeks have been really busy.、Uh, we've got lots on the go at work with projects coming up and、um, some v- visitors that are going to be coming to the college、mm-hmm. for the next little while that we've been planning for. Other than the Yukon, <laughs> other than the Yukon, what's been new? I I did a short trip to New York City right before、uh, going away、mm-hmm. to White Horse, which was awesome. I love that place. I went to the Museum of Modern Art, the MoMA,、mm-hmm. and saw amazing, famous artworks by Van Gogh and Picasso,、mm-hmm. and and.、Um, If、it was really nice to go back there again, and had I had some amazing food.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I could talk about that forever,、okay. but I had a great time. How about you? Well, it's interesting. So you went to most, how can I say, most modern city before you went to.、Uh, I wouldn't say modern, but yeah, maybe the oldest, most populated,、mm, most metropolis most popular,、yeah. city, and then went to somewhere that has poor city, <laughs> not a lot of people,、yeah. um, and it's very wild and.、Uh, There's、yeah. a lot of、um, beautiful nature there too. Yeah, so, so it seems more dramatic. It was very hard to pack.、Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we recovered it too. Okay. <laughs> How about your two yeah, weeks? My two weeks.、Um, the one thing special I remember was Luna New Year. We talked about two weeks ago with Maggie Chen. Yeah, that was、um, a great episode. Yeah, and <clears throat> sorry, I share with our friends and families. And then in Mohawk, there was a Luna New Year festival. It was it was interesting mix. Most of 
um, event was organized by Chinese association, stu- student association, but then there was a Mohawk dance team um, mm-hmm. from China, and they danced in Korean songs. Cool. So I was a little bit proud of myself. <laughs> did, you, did you know all the songs? I knew the song. Um, and dances? One, no. Oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would know. Um, and we do have quiz games and singing a Chinese song. Nice. And our friend Tushini had a special day yesterday. She did. Mm-hmm. If you know her, then just say, you know, congratulations or whatever. <laughs> what I happened? Ho- well, I can't tell you now. It's too public here. Oh. But, yeah, <laughs> if you know her, then just say hi or something. Okay. I'll, I'll have to find out later, Tushini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ha- then- congratulations on your special day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was my first reading week in the university, McMaster, and I had enjoyed. Yeah, how's your program going? It's going okay. Um, it's online courses, so I don't really see in person with my classmates or yeah. teachers. But it was also midterm period, so I have to study a little bit. For those more. of you who don't know Jin, he is crazy right now. He's like, everything's fine. Meanwhile, doing a full-time program and going to work and looking for a house. If I knew English better, I might <laughs> say differently. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, good I'm for you. okay. I'm good. Good. Thank you. Good. Um, did we have any comments from our listeners from our last show? Mm, no, Maggie, Maggie mentioned that she shared with her friends and coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, I mean, Mohawk works closely with the Chinese agencies recruiting students from China. Mm-hmm. So she shared uh, her, her show to the agencies and they liked it. Nice. It so was, we are all over China. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> they might come to see us. I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah that's all about the last two weeks. Very nice. Let's start with the feeling Yukon song. Yeah. Tell me about the song. I, okay, so I was. Just uh, um, a bit of a forewarning. I only was in Whitehorse for a few days, but I loved it. And people tell me that for when I was there, they were like, be careful because people fall in love with this place and they never leave. And for newcomers, um, especially myself, I I totally understand what the charm and the appeal of this place was, even though I was only there for a few days. Mm -hmm. So... This song kind of represents that. I did some great research getting ready for this show to just understand a bit more about the history. There's mm-hmm. a long-standing history of this place in Canada and really interesting um, history and stories about the Yukon. So this first one is called Yukon Chichaco. <laughs> and a Chichaco is someone who I kept hearing in the songs I was listening to Chichaco or like, you know, people referencing this Chichaco. I'm like, what is Chichaco? Yeah, what is it? So Chichaco is someone who just arrives in the Yukon. Mm. So someone's called that when it's like, hey, you're new. You got to learn the ropes <laughs> to this place to survive. Yeah, so I guess it's an older term. Um, so I was a Chichaco, and your listeners, our listeners today, are Chichacos with mm-hmm. us. So this one's called Yukon Chichaco by Al Oster. It's an older song, and it's a really nice start, I think, to the episode. So I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll be back with more Yukon stories. Welcome back to Alice in Wonderland and 101.5 The Hawk. And this is um, 9.16 a.m. Now mm-hmm. talk about Yukon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome back, everyone. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to say that part. <laughs> <laughs> not um, today, not today. Not today. 
So you want to know more about the Yukon? Mm -hmm. So I did the research a little bit of myself as a newcomer to Canada first. Mm -hmm. um, so Canada has 10 provinces and three territories. And Yukon places on the left top side of um, Canada, beside Alaska and on top of BC. Yes, right. So if you think about where we are in Ontario, mm -hmm. it's kind of like lower east. and mm -hmm. Middle east, yeah. Yeah, Middle East, the Middle East of Canada. Um, and Whitehorse, Yukon is the farthest corner of the West mm. and North you can go basically in Canada. So um, it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. It took me, it took, I went with uh, our coworker Valentina and it took us all day long to get over there. But the flight? Yeah. Wow. You have to fly through either Vancouver or Ottawa from oh. where we are and then get to Yellowknife and then transfer over. So it was a trek, but obviously mm -hmm. our country is so big, I yeah. forget every time. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the name Whitehorse is interesting. It's named after, I was actually wondering this, and somebody on our bus pulled up Wikipedia and started, okay. started telling facts. So mm -hmm. um, it's named after the rapids on the Yukon River, which are huge, and which are said to resemble the flowing mane of a charging white horse, mm. which is where the name White Horse came from. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. It's also called the land of the midnight sun, which mm -hmm. is pretty, pretty nice. It's located north of the Arctic Circle, and so the sun can remain continuously above or below the horizon for mm. 24 hours, which is where people hear all about, you know, in the Arctic, it can be dark for many days right. and then light continuously for many days. This mm. means that during the June solstice, the sun is in the sky for a full 24 hours in the Yukon mm. in the summer, and then in the winter, uh, Yukoners spend 24 hours in complete darkness where the sun stays below the horizon all day. Right. So it's, it's very different than what yeah. we're used to. It's hard to imagine that suns are 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Does it does it happen when you're there? No. So I was wondering. I think it was a little bit later. Mm -hmm. it, you know, like in the winter here when yeah. it, it comes out later and kind of goes, goes in later mm -hmm. <laughs> or goes in earlier. Mm -hmm. The um, It was, I'd say we'd had some good sun from 10 to 4. Okay. But... Which was just somewhat normal, mm, yeah, <laughs> but I think this happens really in December, in the mm. deep winter months, and now it's coming out of it a little mm. bit. I heard of this thing in North uh, Europe, so probably because kind of same line, mm -hmm. um, latitude kind. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, how much was the population? You said it's very small. Twenty-five thousand in Whitehorse, which is the capital city, mm -hmm. and um, it's, I think it's thirty-five thousand for the entire Yukon. Yeah, twenty-five thousand. It's hard to imagine. Yeah. Right. Here we are in Hamilton. It seems somewhat small, but yeah. it's yeah. almost it's half a million, a little bit over. Right. So if you think about five hundred thousand versus twenty-five thousand in a huge place, mm -hmm. in a huge. Um, area of land. Well, it's the less number than Mohawk students. What? I didn't even think I that. I think there are around 30,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 30,000 students here. Yeah, interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyone who has been born and raised in North America, kind mm. of even outside of North America, understands that there's this whole... Uh, Wild romanticism and mm. history of the gold rush that's associated with the Yukon. Mm. So, 
yeah, gold was discovered in the Yukon when it was, mm. I guess, not very populated. There are many indigenous people that lived in the Yukon mm-hmm. and um, Americans and Canadians and people all over the world flocked to the Yukon in 1896 when gold was discovered mm-hmm. and this basically settled the region like mm-hmm. created these major cities like Dawson City, Whitehorse because people stayed after that mm-hmm. so they settled between 1897 and 1899 was when millions of dollars of gold yeah. was found and you could go um, you know the promise of finding gold and striking rich and mm-hmm. um, was spread all over the world and there was this gold rush fever and it yeah. wasn't just the Yukon it was all around it was all um near that region of the world. Right, right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, it, it sounds like very money-like, and you, we are not financial podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, well, it's interesting because it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. People came from all over the world and weren't used to living in those conditions. They had to bring all their own supplies. Right. And if you were there first, you got the good seat, basically, by the mm. river. And if you were there last, you kind of got the bad spots. So right. you never knew. Maybe you might not find anything. You might die along the way. Yeah. Like it was a very right. intense time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why? Let, tell tell us why did you go there for? Yeah, let's go work. back to why. <laughs> it wasn't just a pleasure trip to the Yukon, mm-hmm. but um, I go. So I um, uh, I run a program, or we want to run a program at Mohawk College called Explore, which is something that's federally funded and it promotes bilingualism around Canada. Mm-hmm. So in the summer, we have students from all over the world, a lot of Francophone students from remote regions in mm-hmm. Quebec that come to learn English. So Explore is funded by uh, CMEC, the Centre uh, <laughs> Ministre Educational Account. Okay. I can't remember that. <laughs> but CMEC was hosting this conference once a year in a different province or territory. They've hit all the big cities like Vancouver, mm-hmm. like Halifax, like Toronto. Like yeah. So now, now they're yeah, looking for other places. <laughs> and this is the first time that it was held in this region of the okay. world. So it was challenging. Yeah, but it was great. It was, um, you know, it promotes exploring and preserving culture and language and bilingualism in Canada. So going to another region like this and learning about Mm -hmm. uh, the focus was on indigenous education, uh, preserving languages in indigenous cultures and learning from people in the Yukon about different ways to uh, run this explore program. So it was Mm -hmm. a great time. And many participants were francophone. Um, or bilingual, so mm-hmm. a lot of the conference was in French, so that was great for me to yeah. pre- to brush up on my skills. <laughs> but obviously, in the beginning, it's always awkward. But you yeah. know how it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. coming into a place where well, it's, it's important to learn a new language. In, like important, have a different environment to get a new languages. That's mm-hmm. why people come to Canada to learn English or yeah. or Quebec to learn French. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was a nice time. Yeah. That's the reason why I went. So okay, this, so this you got the purpose. So you have to prepare, prepare to order this wild um, white horse <laughs> farm. <laughs> farm. <laughs> yes. Um, so how did you how did you start packing? I'm just curious as a like traveler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. How did I start packing? So mm-hmm. I knew nothing about the Yukon. I was looking at the weather and it said minus forty. Okay. <laughs> Although when I was there, thank goodness. Well, actually, I was kind of looking forward to seeing what that would be like, but it was uncharacteristically warm there. Mm. It was minus four, minus ten, like nothing out of the ordinary for okay. us. Um, but first I had to decide 
how can I pack for New York and then transition into? That's true. <laughs> um, but it was really easy. I looked you, up you the weather. From New York? <laughs> I had a really nice warm coat, really nice warm boots. Okay. Um, I forgot my bathing suit. Which mm. obviously I didn't think of, but I needed yeah. later. <laughs> okay, I'll explain why later. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had no my stereotypes about the place was that it was just uh, white and and lots of mountains mm -hmm. and wasn't sure what to expect. So uh, I prepared by bringing boots yeah. and bringing a battery pack for a, and reading material for the long flight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was what I can recommend. Bring something to entertain yourself. Bring work. Valentina and I did a bunch of work <laughs> on the plane. Okay. And keep yourself busy, and you'll be happy once you get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so about the culture there. Yeah, it's an interesting place. So, although English, there's many languages spoken, actually. We, this was obviously a topic of the conference when yeah. we were talking about what is what's what different languages are spoken here so although english is the main language mm -hmm. used in the territory french is quite common okay. and many aboriginal languages are part of the cultural heritage mm. of the territory many uh, indigenous uh, cultures and people live there right. so to name a few there's many but to name a few there's Ting tlingit Gwich'in, northern and southern Tushone mm -hmm. are different languages that are spoken there. And I learned a bit of the southern Tushone language in a workshop. So mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Actually, she started speaking in southern Tushone and, <laughs> and delivering the workshop in this language mm -hmm. to ch prove how scary it can be to come into a new place and try to learn a new language and, oh, okay. and feel like an outsider. Right? Yeah, yeah. So she even Chichako sounds like. The, the na native language. It may be. I'll have to look up where Chichaco comes from. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mo most of the population there is First Nations. Mm -hmm. uh, there were children that came to visit us actually from a local school who were learning mm -hmm. some of their traditional language. Mm -hmm. And they actually had a song which was pretty cool. It was, they had many songs, but <laughs> they explained, you know, why, in, traditionally, why do we sing this song? There right. was one about, uh, it was a lullaby. Mm. It was sung to children when, in the summer months, it never got dark. Oh, I see. So it was like, even though it's light out, yeah. you need to go to bed, because yeah, okay. if you don't go to bed, an owl is going to come and eat you. Mm. <laughs> so they had a whole dance with like... <laughs> looking you know trying to act this scene out and uh yeah it was pretty cool mm -hmm. and i had it i pulled up a fact on average there are 269 hours of sunlight in june wow. and only on average 27 hours of sunlight in december it's a significant difference yeah so i was pretty cool to see um all of how this all filters into tradition of mm -hmm. people and the culture of people that live there too right Okay, how so it's cold, minus 40 degree. Um, yeah. Do they teach you how to wear properly? Well, I actually saw people there that, um, locals that had real fur clothing that mm -hmm. you don't see here. Mm -hmm. um, but More expensive. Yeah, but mm -hmm. they, there's trapping and catching and hunting. That's pretty normal out there. Yeah. And so people have furs of rabbits and different things that yeah. I assume they eat. <laughs> uh, but it's not un it's not abnormal to see right, right. people walking around with you know how everyone has those fake fur everyone has the fake fur mm. hood of their coat yeah this was 
real. <laughs> well, because they have to survive. I yeah, it was I, cool I, I though. Can't blame them. Many oh. furs and real, you know, real uh, boots with lined with animal fur mm. and parkas. So that was kind of cool. Other than that, I mean, it's it's not like a village back in time or anything. People had right there was a mm. Walmart. People had regular yeah. clothing. They, as well. they drive and yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this thing that kept showing up, which was the can can, and mm-hmm. I. I was like, why does Can Can originates in Paris? <laughs> I, how, so. I thought it was Europe or Russia yeah, or something. How did it get? Oh, yeah, there's that Russian dance. Yeah, yeah. How did it get all the way here? And I was like, why is there Can Can dancers everywhere? So it makes sense, though. So the Can Can was brought in from Europe, but um, uh, back in the day, mm. this was a source of entertainment for gentlemen and ladies mm. alike uh, who were prospectors in the gold rush so okay. where all all the people came to mm-hmm. settle and the entertainment followed so the can-can is a part of the history and the culture of yeah, Wilson White Horse it's really I, I can say um, easy to learn I think I mean not professionally, but for fun, you know. I would love to see you try. <laughs> I started looking at videos, and I was like, "Man, these guys can kick." Yeah, yeah. And but like, also, maybe it helps to them to make it warm. Yeah, maybe. By, you know, dancing around, <laughs> having a drink, kicking yeah, it, kicking yeah, it. Both kind of things. Um, okay. Yeah. And you went to a festival there. Well, there's a festival going on there, and actually, I regret not staying longer. But it was the real events really happened this weekend. They're happening now. It's called the Sourdough Rendezvous Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Sourdough Rendezvous Festival, there is, which sounds weird, and I, I, I'll explain it a bit okay. where sa- sourdough comes from, but mm. it includes snow carving and um, prospector games. So things okay. like axe throwing, carrying pa- big packs of flour on your back, okay. and uh, it's like strongman competition. Strong woman strong person mm. competitions with and and yeah so it was bringing back all of these old skills like sawing mm-hmm. you know how fast can you saw through a tree or like <laughs> crazy things like that well you could participate those <clears throat> eating competition if there was one i would participate in an eating competition yes <laughs> so anyway you heard in the song maybe some of you heard mm. that the song was um Chaco, can you be a sourdough? Mm. Okay. And sourdough is all over the place. And I'm like, what, is this where sourdough bread originated? Like, where? <laughs> so, sourdough bread, though, didn't, I don't know where it originated, but okay. <laughs> back in the day, it was a crucial means of survivor for miners living in the conditions of the gold rush. So, sourdough bread starter, mm-hmm. which is like a yeast of bread starter, was always available. Um, and the name sourdough evolved from. From into a nickname used in Yukon and Alaska for someone who spent an entire winter mm-hmm. and kept the tradition of protecting their sourdough starter, starter on like basically on their body to keep it warm mm-hmm. <laughs> um, during the coldest months. <clears throat> so you are called a sourdough is your nickname if you're like a real Yukoner mm-hmm. that's lived through the winter. And um, so the sourdough rendezvous. Is like all the people from Yukon come to get together and mm-hmm. and practice the old ways of things that used to go down in the Yukon. Yeah, I always like to convert the terms in a educational institution way. So it's kind of if you're a sourdough, you met the academic admission requirements <laughs> to come to Yukon, right? <laughs> 
I would never think about it that <laughs> I would say, yeah, you've been initiated into the ranks of the sourdough people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear in all the different songs, sourdough, or some of these nicknames that happen um, up there in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of uh, those mining thing, I watched a movie called The 33. Um, I think it's happening in Mexico a long time ago that there were 33 um, miners kept in, I mean, trapped in a, in a <laughs> collapsed. <Kept. laughs> against their will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, trapped in a mine and for 69 days, and eventually I think most of them are rescued. But it shows how it is important or how it is difficult to live in a place that um, not office-wise or, you know, regulated the safety things. All the days there was a mine, mm-hmm. you just go and grab some gold if you survive. Like, it just yeah. shows how it is difficult at the time. Of course. Work. It was a game of risk mm-hmm. and reward. Yeah. And you could go in and get nothing. Never come back, yeah. Never come back. Mm-hmm. Or you could be set for life. Yeah, you could be a gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. You could get rich on gold. I would mm. I would take the chance, I think, today. <laughs> but, um, okay, the 33. I don't think anyone with claustrophobia should avoid this movie, mm. I would assume. Yeah, well, I think it's a good ending. So if you can separate your life and this uh, movie thing, it should be okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and also you went to Dawson City? I didn't go to Dawson City. Oh, you didn't. But there is... Something related to, um, it's famous. Okay. It's a famous thing called the Sour Toe Cocktail. Okay. So basically, Sour sour Toe. Okay. So you can go to this bar in Dawson City, and it's this um, legendary toe. Mm -hmm. Now, it's kind of gross. I won't go into details, but the toe was... The original toe yeah. was lost by a prospector by, who had really bad frostbite. Okay. And his toe came off, basically. So they put this in a bottle of alcohol, mm. and people could come to the bar. It's sterile when it's in this right. high, high um, percentage alcohol, but they can come and get a shot of okay. the toe caught alcohol. Okay. <laughs> so. Legend has it, it was stolen by someone, someone drank it, mm. <laughs> the toe, <laughs> and it's been replaced by other toes in history, okay. but this is something really interesting and unique to Dawson City. Right. You can go and get the sour toe cocktail. So that's something I wanted to do. I know it sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous, but Dawson City is uh, not not in Whitehorse. It's okay. not, it's, it's another city, so that will be on my list of things to do. But anyone out there who's tried the sour toe... Mm-hmm. Let us know. Yeah, and <laughs> since we are talking about the location-wise, um, Kat, our listener, yeah, ask you if you went to uh, Copper King in Whitehorse. At least, did you go to the Copper King in Whitehorse like Stan Rogers? I did not. <laughs> um, I'm going to look up what the Copper <clears throat> King is and have more information about that <clears throat> after the break, but um, I did not. Oh, yeah. Kat, one of our listeners, lived in Whitehorse for six months, so mm. I'm hoping that she gives us some more cool things to talk about on here. Nice. Um, and apparently there's an incredible amount of motorhomes as well. I didn't do a lot of driving around Whitehorse, but okay. um, where I was staying was right near Main Street, mm-hmm. which is funny, actually. Main Street is a few blocks, and it's if you've ever seen an old Western movie, you see like the storefronts are... Um, they look a certain way. This is what Main Street looked like. Even though it's a Starbucks, it has like an old Western kind of nice. feeling. 
Um, there are some really cute shops and so doors like this kind of pushing, you know, wooden door. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, I can show a photo, but if you look up Main Street White Horse, you can see the facades mm. of the of the stores, and they um, made them up to look like Wild West kind of. Nice. <laughs> so I was I was staying near there, and um, as I mentioned, I was part of a conference. So I couldn't spend a lot of time <laughs> walking around and you know having. Having yeah, adventures, yeah, but I I did see a few things, so mm-hmm. um, we'll find out more about that. So we're gonna go into the next song. Yeah, this one. So I was at the McBride Museum, which was a great great museum, which talks about the history of the Yukon, mm-hmm. and um, I saw that this Hank Carr had posters and vinyls mm-hmm. and CDs, and their name. This guy's name was everywhere. Okay. And he looked like someone who, you know, one of those oldies artists from the fifties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was interested because I really like oldies music. I'm like, yeah. who's Hank Carr? And the people working there um, said, "Oh my gosh, he's our favorite. He's a legend here. Mm-hmm. There, people are called Hank Heads okay. <laughs> um, in the Yukon because he is a famous musician that came and sang a lot of songs about the Yukon. So we're going to mm-hmm. listen to Hank Carr after Yukon. And uh, for those of you who like country and Western, I think you guys will like this song, but he has thousands of followers in that part of the world. And um, people were very excited to tell me about him and I even bought a CD. Okay. So I hope you like after the Yukon and we'll be back to talk more about uh, White Horse. Yeah. Benvenuti to Alice in Wonderland. Swagate Alice Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland에 오신 걸 환영합니다. On 1015. 1015 The Hawk입니다. Xin chào. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, welcome back to Alice in Wonderland on 1015 The Hawk. Um, it's 9.43 a.m. Time to talk about the food. Ah. <sighs> My favorite. Uh, yeah, we had. I tried a few things out of the ordinary there. Mm-hmm. We had this lovely catering company that uh, was based out of there, obviously, and gave us bison. Okay. We got to try bison, which is really so. Tasty. I mean, it's a huge animal. Yeah. So, which part did you try? Ah, you I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Which part of the bison is it? Uh, it was really good, though. Okay. It was kind of like game, gamey beef, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, that's what it is. Any other <laughs> sauce on top of that? No, the burger. Okay. It was really good. <sighs> I know. <laughs> um, had salmon and smoked salmon there, mm-hmm. and Arctic char, which is a type of fish. Oh, okay. So it was nice. I mean, there's it's there's a lot of wild caught animal mm. and game out there so it's a lot of stuff you're not used to eating here like farmed mm-hmm. stuff um so the food i'd say that's more along the lines probably of what traditional food is like there otherwise it's just like any food mm-hmm. you can get anywhere um they had an amazing japanese restaurant there that i went to okay well they they can get a fish there so yeah Makes sense. yeah good fish um mm. And they were run by a family from Japan that had come there and mm-hmm. opened up their spot not long ago. Yeah. And there was a new server that had just moved there from Vancouver, so he was interesting. Happy. So just curious, is uh, how expensive or how cheap it is to go to a Japanese restaurant there? Mm. See, similar here? Yeah, similar prices. Good. 
I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the more fish. Yeah, and I don't know much more about mm-hmm. the food, um, but yeah. And talking about food, <laughs> um, we got a comment from Kat who said about the sour toe cocktail. Mm-hmm. My boss did the shot in Dawson. Apparently, it doesn't count unless the toe touches your mouth. And apparently, they're on toe eight now or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> there's also some beautiful nature. Yeah. Um, and views there. Well, so let me let me tell you as a for as a representative of an outsider listener, not in Canada probably. So when we think of Canada, it's all about I know it's a it's a misunderstood, but it's all about snow and ice and eagle, white bear, all a lot of things. <laughs> polar bears. You, yeah, polar bears. But when you come here, uh-huh. especially in Ontario or Vancouver, BC, it's very it's kind of warm. Here uh-huh. compares to other places, and there's no igloo. No, it was disappointing. Of course, there's no igloos. <laughs> <laughs> it was very disappointing, but so but then, did you really? Did you really think that? Well, or did, least, is that the message or the image? At least, yeah. If you can find um, one at a time, or one at a city, something like that. <laughs> but so then, it's not warm enough to keep. It's not cold enough down here to keep. I think that's going. what it is. But then, when you think of Yukon, yeah, it's it's further north, yeah. and colder, so. Yep. So I can say there might be more igloo, or there might be one igloo for sure. sure. So yeah, I didn't see an igloo, but <laughs> it's definitely I'm sure cold enough to to Have sustain. Mm. Um, but no, people in Canada, if you're listening from China, our new listeners, yeah, don't worry. We don't have igloos in mm. Canada, really. There's um, as you get northern into the Arctic Circle, it's it. It's a lot of work. If you go on YouTube and look up building an igloo, you can see some people okay. that, yeah, that um, cut the blocks of snow out mm-hmm. of out of ice and or cut blocks out of ice and snow. Mm-hmm. And you have to. It's a, a huge. It's a crazy skill actually to learn. Oh, okay. You have to layer them in a certain way and build the igloo to have ventilation. So if you want to warm it with fire, um, the smoke can escape in a mm-hmm. certain way. Or um, it's pretty amazing to see it be done okay. properly um but yeah igloos do exist it's just only in the very, very yeah. cold northern areas <laughs> or maybe not for living for yeah for living for some living? people yeah okay. there are there are still um uh indigenous people that this is what has been a way of life forever okay. um some people build them to camp in them mm, um, okay. and some people build temporary igloos so yeah Yes. <laughs> yes and no. It's not a common thing. Mm-hmm. Especially as you get warmer, it's not yeah, uh, that's true. it's not worth all the work to build one and sustain mm-hmm. it. So for those of you thinking we're all igloos, <laughs> uh, think again. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, it was there were amazing Anywhere So in the McBride Museum you could see examples of animals that live there. They're Everything you could imagine: grizzly oh. bears, okay. elk, caribou, all sorts of cool little like mm. wintery rabbits and things. It's species of animals you don't see <clears throat> in other parts of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, we also were walking down the street, and this fox, wow. this red, big, huge fox. So he was okay. Ran by, and then like circled back around, and like sat on a snowbank and just watched us for a while, and was like, "Who are you?" <laughs> Watch yeah. for Chicago's. Yeah, Chicago. yeah. Um, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And there's mountains everywhere. 
So from where we were staying, you could see these mountains in the distance that were beautiful and snow-capped. And mm-hmm. actually, I found out that the highest mountain in Canada is there. In oh, okay. Mount Logan, it's um, just almost 6,000 meters in height. Uh-huh. And it's in the Cloyne National Park Reserve. It's the highest mountain in Canada. Nice. Really cool. Um, it's not something you see in Ontario. Mm. <laughs> but once you Go get to the West Coast, <laughs> it's pretty beautiful. Okay. And I also asked you about Aurora. Aurora Borealis. Yeah, no, not this time around. So you mm. can actually... I, people there were like, oh, you didn't see on the Aurora tracker? No. Okay. You can look online <laughs> and see where the Aurora Borealis is going to be and where it's visible. So even though it may be there in the mm. sky, mm-hmm. there it might be cloudy or it might yeah, not be the right conditions to see it. Yeah, if sunshine, then it's probably hard to see yeah. it. Yeah. I yeah, I, w- I still, oh, I would have loved to see that. But, mm-hmm. um, not this time around. And then this is the reason why you didn't bring, I mean, you forgot to, you. sorry, you uh, regret not to bring your bathing yeah. suit. We went to the hot springs. So the Dakini hot springs um, mm-hmm. are there. And so if anyone doesn't know what a hot spring is, basically it's a, it's a pool of water that's natural that mm-hmm. comes out of the earth that's heated. And yeah. you can swim in it, and it has health benefits apparently for you because uh, there are many minerals in, the, in that yeah. water. It's interesting. It's kind of popular that hot springs are usually on the top of the mountain, so you feel cold air on your face. Yeah. And your body's warm. Uh huh. So if you look up Takini Hot Springs, they mm-hmm. have an annual uh, hair freezing competition where you can win a whole <laughs> bunch of money. And the pictures are amazing. So okay. it wasn't cold enough for us, but people go and you can. You, the moisture from the water right. goes into your hair and freezes. So you can actually like mold your hair into shapes and it mm. freezes. Your eyelashes freeze, but you're like in a hot bathtub from the shoulders down. It's so cool. Okay. So yeah, the water comes. I was learning more about hot springs after this because I was like, what? Yeah. I'd never been in a hot spring. Um, it comes from inside the faults in the earth. So, um, you know, like there are plates that cover the earth mm. that have cracks in them. And so rain and right. snow from mountains go into the those cracks and it's heated by the core of the earth, mm. which is super hot. Right. And um, then the minerals dissolve and it comes back up. So apparently in this hot springs, according to ge- geothermal research, mm. um, it takes about 60 years minimum for the water to come back wow. up to the surface. So you're bathing in 60-year-plus-old right. water heated by the core of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so cool. Order than most of you. Yeah. Us. It was an amazing experience and really fun mm-hmm. to... Um, I jumped out and rolled in the snow yeah. and jumped back in yeah. with a couple of our Yeah, I, I got it. If work. it's cold place, then the most pleasant activity must be, you know, having a hot, warm water bathing. Yeah. And hang out with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Right. So you and you met a lot of people there. Yeah, I met a lot of people. Um, the people that were in the CMAC group with us for coming back this year yeah. um, were incredible people that work in education and and have the same passions that we do about culture and language. Mm. And so I met some interesting people. There was one guy there who was really funny. He has he actually had a career as a magician for wow. a long time. And so he pulled out some card tricks. Okay. And that was really okay. awesome. He was amazing. 
um, and the instructors coming from the Yukon institutions and Whitehorse institutions and mm-hmm. the native language speakers there were incredible. Um, and people in the city were very nice. Mm-hmm. Everyone, it was, um, they were very happy to have people visit and, and a lot of people were kind of poking around the hotel mm-hmm. we were at and we're like, oh, where, what's the conference today? And, yeah. um, a lot of really nice people there. Nice. Did you tell them about our radio show? I did. I passed around a couple cards, so we may have some Yukon listeners out there. (laughs) Yeah, three hours before, right? Yeah. Time difference? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think uh, we talked enough about Yukon today. I've heard enough of my own voice, I think. (laughs) Um, But I had a really great experience. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have gone otherwise, so I I would love to go back in the summer months and it's a whole, totally different place mm. in the summer and also maybe uh, back in the winter for a longer time right. and have um, a deeper experience of the place. But yeah. I would highly recommend visiting other parts of our country. Yeah. It's a huge place. Yeah. It's the same amount of time it would take to fly to Europe or mm. Asia even, 14 hours, if you take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, our country that we live in is so huge and so diverse and so beautiful. And yeah. it was really cool to have the privilege to see uh, and the opportunity to see this other part of where we are. Yeah, see, I have to say this. One thing I most regret after I came to Canada is I didn't travel enough in Korea or mm. around the country in Korea because people here really want to go to see China or Japan, Korea, mm-hmm. Thailand, Indonesia. I could go there like $100 with a flight, <sighs> but then I never do it. I don't know why, but... Maybe you'll you know, have it offered. You're going back to Korea soon, right? Yeah, yeah. So nice. I can try. But yeah, when you are here, you discover more places here because you never know where you will be. Yeah, and you, you always kind of take for granted where you are. Mm-hmm. And you think you know everything about yeah. the country you live in, but... I think you are too much, but... <laughs> <laughs> what, travel too much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... I'm kidding. It's, yeah. a, it's a small world in some ways and a big world in other mm-hmm. ways, and there's always something to learn, so... Yeah. Okay, um, so next week? Next week, uh, we have a special guest that we're mm-hmm. going to be interviewing who was in Korea for the Olympics and is going to come back to talk to us about his trip to Korea, um, all about the Olympics and what that's like in person. Mm -hmm. I think I'm really excited to learn more about how huge that must feel and the excitement surrounding that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned. Next Sunday, we're going to have some an episode about the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And we are going to end on um, a song called The Sourdough. Minor song by Bill Staines. It's a really nice, relaxing, mm-hmm. beautiful um, song. Again about sourdough. Now that now you all know. Now you're sourdoughs. You're not yeah. chachacos anymore. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you next week for our episode on the Olympics. Yeah. Have a nice weekend. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. <laughs>